Hello, hello, everybody. I hope you are all having an amazing week. Um, I know it's been super nice out. Got a couple days of rain in there, keeping the grass green. Um, as for mortgage, the interest rates, all of that set of things, been reading a lot about it and mortgage workers biggest piece of advice is just to make sure to shop around to multiple different banks and lenders to guarantee that you get the best rate that you can and you can qualify for um, getting a mortgage is like everything else in life you want to shop around make sure you're getting the best deal don't just go with the first person that you talk to interview people and really make sure that you uh you study that aspect of, of like this is your biggest asset and investment so for sure you're gonna want to research that and a lot of people don't um yeah everything else going on this week there's been no major changes in like the market opposed to last everything's pretty much still still steady opposed to the what's going on um at the beginning of every month i will give you an update of percentages and stuff like that of how the market's um increasing or just decreasing volume of sales average detached house price that kind of thing so this episode i brought on an airbnb what he does is he will find people that are renting out their place give them a call propose the idea of Airbnb in it instead and say he is um, paying $1,500, he will give them fully what they're asking for for rent, so say it's $1,500, he Airbnbs it in $2,000, he'd take the profit of five, $500. So I hope you enjoyed the episode and have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your week. Hello, hello guys. It is Abby Everingham and we're back at you with the fourth episode of Real Estate Investing in Calgary. Today I am joined by Evan Huslidge. He is an Airbnb specialist in Calgary, Alberta. Um, he manages 10 around the city and um, great guy, super knowledgeable. This episode should be pretty good. So, Evan. How do you get started in this scene? Let's hear your story. Yeah, so about two and a half years ago, I was working as an electrician, uh, about to get my journeyman ticket, Red Seal there, and COVID hit, hit and uh, everything got canceled, right? So I was off work for about six months, and during that time, I was collecting EI, and I just, honestly, I read a ton of books and watched a ton of YouTube videos. My brother and I were about to buy a duplex and start getting into real estate that way just by doing the house hacking. Mm -hmm. However, we realized we'd still have to keep working as an electrician to pay for the other half and keep getting more and more properties to apply for mortgages. So we found someone on Facebook that was able to help us and, and teach us a little bit on getting started. So basically we switched directions and <laughs> invested all of our money into our first few properties here in Calgary to get via rental arbitrage. So yeah, basically what, just talking to landlords and renting their properties from them. What books did you read that you think um, helped you the most? Tony Robbins' Awaken the Giant Within actually was one of the first ones I read. It wasn't real estate focused, but that book really 
taught me that I, I could actually take control of my life and really do anything I wanted to do. I didn't have to just follow that path I thought that was laid out for me because my dad was an electrician. He had these doors open that I could get a good job at the mine he was at, but you don't actually, you don't have to follow that path. Like you can do whatever the hell you want to do, no matter what it is, as long as you have the right commitment and mindset around it. So walk me through the process you took in order to find your first Airbnb property. Okay, so the first thing that I did was get educated. I took a, a short little course to just learn how to get started, uh, learn the basics of how to manage and uh, find an Airbnb property. And that would be by, the first thing you need to know is the numbers, like what areas of Calgary are the best, most profitable, for example. So let's say if you don't do that, you go and rent a property in South Calgary that has $2,000 a month in expenses, but those properties might only make 1800 a month or 2000 a month, right? Yeah. So you need to know the best places to get properties and then honestly look on rental websites and just start blasting out the calls out there, asking landlords if you can rent their property for Airbnb. I mean, there's a whole script, whole script about it, but... So explain yeah. to me exactly what you do. So you call people like that have their places for rent and mm -hmm. say they're charging like $1,500 a month for rent, you'd pay that, but then you'd um, get permission to Airbnb them and say you make like $2,000 a month on Airbnb, then you take the little bit of profit um, and basically that's it. Yeah, exactly. That's, in my opinion, that's one of the easiest ways to get started. So there's multiple different routes you can take. Uh, I would say the easiest ways though are through rental arbitrage. So what's go, rental arbitrage? That's, yeah, just like how you kind of went through, you go and find a landlord that has a property out for rent. You pay them the exact monthly rent that they're looking for every single month, along with any utilities and other, any other expenses, right? And then you simply list it on Airbnb, decorate it, put some furniture in there, and then just accept the reservations. That's, that's really it. And to be honest, is like 500 a month, like 1500 in expenses and only making 2000 is really low for Airbnb properties. You want to be making it like at least a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars a month on each of your properties. And uh, another way you can get started is just simply buying a property, right? So yeah. that's way easier, but you have to have all the capital to do so. So where are the best places for Airbnb in Calgary? Oh, absolutely downtown, without a question. The sky, sky rises and big condo buildings, they're by far the best. But I know for like condo buildings, majority of them don't allow you to do mm -hmm. Airbnb. Correct. Is there a way to like get around that or what, like, mm -hmm. what do you do in that situation? Just from experience, um, getting properties and, and, and solely focusing on only getting properties and condo buildings like downtown Calgary, even though they're the most uh, highest performing properties, it's not very sustainable because in a year or six months, like you said, they could change the rules on you. Mm -hmm. That same thing happened to myself. So I think it's best to have a mix of things like townhouses and also smaller condo buildings that don't have, like if you have a thousand unit condo building and there's 50 people running Airbnbs in there, there's going to be a lot of unprofessional people, bad guests, bad experiences that get back to management. Yeah. Whereas if it's a small building, they're not going to be getting all those kind of complaints. So you can run your Airbnb in there longer. 
are there specific buildings in Calgary that you know allow Airbnb and that you search out for when you're looking for new properties? Yeah, there's a few. What are they? <laughs> <laughs> I know the, the Guardian Towers, they allow some Airbnbs. The buildings that I was in, Trico, they allowed some Airbnbs for a little while. However, they're just recently changing their rules. Uh, there's some other ones that called the Giordano, uh, Windsor. I just, uh, don't, you know, don't want to give away all the good spots because I, I, need, I need to grow some more too <laughs> here in the city. Um, <laughs> yeah, I heard there's one called like Ink or something too that allows it. Yeah, a lot of the ones by Batistella it's called. So there's Colors, Nude, Ink. Uh, chocolate by Baptist. I don't know if chocolate Vanilla, allows. strawberry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. Pistachio. It's, it's weird. They name them off all these like colors and stuff like that, but they allow for Airbnbs and they have the longest, it seems. Nice. Yeah. I, I don't know. The, the thing I've noticed though is that the, I had one in Colors by Baptist Element. It was the worst property management company I've ever actually experienced. Like, elevators were down all the time. My guests would be going to check into a unit. And then they'd have to climb 19 floors through the stairs with their luggage just to get to the unit because the elevator would be down for a week. So, yeah. So don't, you don't want started <laughs> a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, what do you think the biggest lessons you've learned so far are? Like, if you could go back to when you were just starting, what advice would you tell yourself? Um... Don't be afraid to do whatever it takes and just work your ass off for a little bit if you need to. Like when I started out, I was working with this coach who taught me like you need to focus on sustainability only. So for example, a little while ago when I was starting out, I really could have used the cleaning income, like cleaning my properties that would have really boosted my income, helping me out getting started out when I had nothing else, I wouldn't work a nine to five anymore and just having a couple properties, like it's not too much, especially when you're splitting out with an investor, right? So if I would have cleaned those properties right from the beginning, just to help me get through a period of uh, like struggle when I was starting out, that really, really would have helped me out to get further faster because I would have had the financial means to you know, take care of all the bills, anything like that. I wouldn't have to be worrying where the money's going to come for rents next month or anything like that. But just grind, grind if you have to grind. And at the same time, be building your business to be sustainable. But So if you can't get an Airbnb downtown, where do you think the best, next best locations are? Mm -hmm. Around the outskirts of downtown or west, west end? Because a lot of people really like being so close to the mountains that they can just leave the city and you don't have to drive 30 minutes through the city. It's yeah. a big reason a lot of people travel here. But if you can't get in downtown, as close to downtown as you can. Okay. Is there any, what's like the areas in Calgary that you think do the, the, do the worst? Like the where worst. would you stray away from getting Airbnbs? The east side? east end of Calgary and the far south end of Calgary would be the worst Okay. because have you had any Airbnbs in those I have not however I have run run numbers using Airbnb in those areas so the way that you run numbers is a website called Airbnb it pulls all the data from VRBO and Airbnb right so that's how you get realistic numbers and realistic data however um, just going through that like city center drastically more revenue 
and then east end south end they just they just suck like it literally makes half as much money and additionally i don't really think there's many people going through the city that way everyone's coming from like edmonton or saskatchewan which you go through the south uh north end of the city not the south end so what's what's the process like for setting up an airbnb Uh, one of the first things you need to do is outsource all the furniture and decorations you're going to get and then also find a cleaning team you're going to use and another big thing is the way a guest is going to get into the property like for example you either have to use a lockbox or intercom system so the guests can just buzz themselves right in right but there's been a few times like uh, intercom will stop working at the building and a guest needs to check in at eight o'clock at night and then it's like, oh shit, like <laughs> what hour are you gonna get this guest in there? So you also wanna have somebody on the ground in the area that has spare keys with them so that you don't have to be the one going in the middle of the night to let the guest in if the intercom isn't working. Fair enough. Do you have like, how do you check to make sure they're, like, they're safe, that they're the people that are coming to that stay? They're in? Yeah. Well, or like even just like, you know, that they're, not like say like I don't know major drug deals planning on making like crack <laughs> in the plates or something like that yeah. is there a way that you like filter through people in order to yeah absolutely so the platforms we already use actually have very very high-tech ID verification systems and other verification systems with your phone number like I just said ID email address all those other kind of things and then we ask them a lot of questions when they get here too like their reason for staying here how long they're going to be here what the reason for travel i just said that but uh as soon as they have any sort of questionable answers like the other day we got a request for like five nights it was 700 booking great great money but the guest was like hey we're just here my house is just being renovated we're very nice people please like we just want a place to stay as soon as someone starts to like say yeah we're really nice like why do you have to tell me you're a really nice person like <laughs> red flag <laughs> major red flag like no go right there however there is always going to be unavoidable occasions that slip through the cracks what's and... been like a crazy tenant <laughs> that you've had and like how did you deal with it yeah there has definitely been a few um, so def- especially when I was just starting out and there was times where someone would say something questionable like that and then I would just accept them anyways because I needed the money kind of, you know? Yeah. And one time I had a thief actually that was stealing Amazon boxes from the mailroom. They, uh, we had to call the police on them. She got arrested actually <laughs> and uh, kicked out of the unit. We have had one... Uh, prostitute in the unit and the way that we were able to find that out was because uh, we have ring cameras on the properties in the front door and the next day we seen about uh, about eight to ten different men coming and going throughout the night <laughs> so that was a very pretty big red flag and we've had people like you know finding crack pipes in, in the units but the weird thing is anytime we've found a crack pipe <laughs> the units is actually spotless. Like though they just, I don't know if they just like do go in there, rent the unit, smoke some crap, well, and just sit on the couch like, the whole time. Or... <laughs> get, get caught, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So they make sure everything's yeah. super clean. Yeah, so that could be a risk, but I mean, 
normally it seems the crackheads that you you find their evidence after, but they don't cause too much issues during the stay. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's your what do you think the future of Airbnb in Calgary is? I think it's going to slowly move in a direction where there's only a handful of really major companies that are focused on doing the majority of the Airbnb in the city because like we were talking about there's all these condo buildings that are shutting down Airbnbs and making rules and regulations but what I think is going to happen is that there's going to be certain management companies that have built a really strong reputation for themselves that will still be allowed to run Airbnbs in those buildings right and I think slowly over time those who are not continuously advancing and improving on their business are going to just be left to the best yeah what's your like short term and long term goals personally for Airbnb okay so the short term goals is you know i don't really have a number on how many properties that i want to have because you could have 10 properties that are making 50 grand a month or you could have 10 properties that are making 5 grand a month depending on where they are right but i really want to move into the more luxurious space like right now we have very beautiful properties however it would be great to have like penthouses great amazing high high end properties for those high high end 1% clients like we were working the caribbean for a little bit and we had places to rent that were like seven bedroom places for 1200 us a night and that's the kind of space that i want to eventually move into However, I'm also in the process of building a cleaning company right now so that I don't have to hire a third-party cleaning company anymore and it's drastically boosting our income. So, it's not like flashy and fun, it's just a cleaning company, but it makes a lot of money, so. <laughs> okay. So, when do you think the slowest time to run an Airbnb in Calgary is? What type of the yeah. time of the year? 100% the winter time. So how do you get around that when it's like super slow, maybe they're not profiting as much and like you're not seeing that ROI as much? It's really just a matter of keeping up with the demand of the market. So if you're getting a ton of bookings and your prices are really high, keep it keep it where it's at, you know. You might have found you might have found a really good sweet spot right there. However, if you're starting to see your bookings decrease, all you got to do is lower your prices a little bit until you start getting booked up again find that sweet spot because you want to be you want to be as occupied as possible at the same time there's two ways you can go about it you can keep your prices really high have a low occupancy and still make good money or you could have your prices lower have really high occupancy and still make about the same so you kind of got to choose what you want but keeping your prices high can be risky what about in the busiest times is there any way to um, make sure you maximize the return in times mm-hmm. like the stampede to like do things to, in order to stand out from the competition. Yeah, so definitely ahead of time, like right now, I'm already adjusting my prices for stampede because there's some people that go in, they book 10 months or a year in advance. So you want to have your prices as high as possible, as soon as possible, and then slowly over time slightly decrease them as you're not getting if you're not getting booked, right? And additionally, you can use a lot of different pricing softwares which automatically adjust the prices according to supply and demand in your area. So Airbnb and those platforms, they really like to see consistent price adjustments because to them it's like 
it shows the host really cares about their listings and they're doing their best to maximize their occupancy. So having that will really increase your SEO, which is search, ad, search engine optimization, and get you as high to the top of the search results as you can. What about for staging the units? Is there anything that you do in order to make us feel like, ooh, this one has that, that like, I mm -hmm. think that would be like great? Absolutely, just from experience, units with more popping colors, they make a lot more money than with just neutral. Like we have. So are we talking like lime green walls? <laughs> not not the walls. <laughs> more so decoration. Like you want to have like still just regular neutral walls. But we have, for example, in Saskatoon, I have a couple units there. It's a basement suite and a main floor suite. So the basement suite is smaller. It does not have a backyard, but it's actually outperforming the upstairs unit because it has these green popping decorations that really stand out when you're scrolling through the listings and the other one is like really neutral like golds and silvers and whites and blacks so what we're actually doing now is going to be adding some colorful decorations to the living room and kitchen redo the photos and relist it and uh, i really think that'll drastically increase the income because on airbnb people really buy from the photos that's that's how the photos and the description that's the first thing that they see, right? So if that's not catching your attention, they're just going to scroll right past it. So in the description, do you ever put um, activities like that are happening in Calgary that week? Like say like it's like the Lilac Fest or like, um, like, I don't know, just like opening up a new bar or something like that. Would you ever put that like in the description to like help not, tie people so in? Not with the description itself. However, on Airbnb, you can create these things called welcome guides or visitor guides. So on my profile itself, I have a Calgary visitor guide. So anytime somebody clicks on a listing, they can go to my profile, visit this guide, and it'll show you all the best places to visit in Calgary and any sort of upcoming events as well. And then that'll be, that'll work across all the listings, not just individual ones. What would you say the average return percentage you're getting back from an Airbnb would be? It really depends every month, but if you're going average about 20 to 30 for the best units. Okay, that's decent. Yeah, I mean, you make a, it can be like, like we were using that example of 1500 a month for rent. So if you have a property that's in a really good location, you can easily be making about $3,000 a month, right? However, you gotta keep in mind, you have certain expenses like, your utilities, your software systems, team like virtual assistants, accountants and stuff like that. So uh, it can be really high, but if you're managing your business in a way that you're not doing everything yourself, you do have those expenses too. Are you incorporated? Yeah, absolutely. So at what point do you get incorporated and like get an accountant and get virtual assistants and all of that? Honestly, you should get incorporated immediately. Right off the bat, get incorporated because then you can open up your business bank account and you can route all the money straight into that business account. Otherwise, you're going to have all your personal finances and expenses and bills mixed in with your business expenses and bills. And at the end of the month, like let's say you're working with an investor, you're going to have to sift through all of that stuff and it's going to be an absolutely nightmare. <laughs> I've dealt with that myself. And additionally, the earlier you start the business, the faster you start building up that business credit too. So you can get credit cards, 
furnished rentals with a credit card so you don't have to use an investor. So what's the percentage that Airbnb takes from, from you when you're renting out? It actually really depends on the location. So And, and you also have different settings. So you can make it so that uh, Airbnb will charge you 14% of the booking for the hosting fee or like 3%. And you pass the rest of the service fee onto the guest instead. So it really depends. If you take on the service fee, you might have higher prices. But if the guest takes on the service fee, it, you might have lower prices because it's going to make the end total uh, change, right? So do they hire how much percentage they're taking as um, a service fee? Like in busier places, the higher would be. So say downtown, that's where it would be more so like on the higher end opposed to like on the south, that's where it would be like 3%. It's actually more so like countries. Uh, I noticed when I was working in the Caribbean for a few months, there uh, it was higher there. Okay. It was actually higher. The taxes and stuff were higher in the Caribbean as well. Um, but here, it was uh, definitely a little bit lower. What in Calgary is kind of like the standard? So it's 3 or 4% that you can uh, get charged as a host, or it can be 14% if you take it on yourself. It's literally just like a button. You flip a switch on the listing, and it's like you take on the host fee or they take on the host fee. Okay. So yeah, either you take on 14 or 3. Okay. Were you nervous when you first started? Oh my god, I was so nervous. Honestly, I had a, my old my old like friend circle two years ago. Uh, really, the, the influence of your friend circle and inner circle is, is just so huge. That's why I'm spending time with people like you, right? Because you're a badass real estate agent. <laughs> but uh, my old friend group, they just were not on the same, uh, didn't have the same kind of mindset. And basically when I told my old friend group that this is what I was going to do, it was nothing but doubts and criticism. Like literally, literally I was being told what makes you think that you can do this any better than anyone else in Calgary and actually succeed. Like they're saying things like that. Like, Hey, I do Bitcoin. Why don't you just do Bitcoin with me and this well, and that. That's like, that's <laughs> like what I think in like the opposite perspective. I'm like, like people that are succeeding, what are they doing that I don't have? You know, like it's like that same thing, but in a different like outlook of it. Like, you know, like what makes them better than me? Nothing. Like I could be, do the exact same day to day as them and be just as successful, you know? Yeah. Like that kind of thing. I think you just really got to pick what aligns most with you and what you want to do and the kind of lifestyle you want to live. So when I first met you, you were super into like, journaling and yoga do you think that had um like any any factor in like your day-to-day -day making it better or do you think mm -hmm. do you think it affected your business at all doing those types of activities <laughs> yeah I, I absolutely do to be honest i think that your business truly only grows to the extent that you do so if you're running a big business and there's a lot of stressful situations happening if you're not prepared to handle those stressful situations they're going to cripple you you know you're not going to be able to make it through you're going to go and lay in bed for a day because you don't know how to handle that but if you're feeling your best self and fit and healthy and taking care of yourself those kind of things become just really really easy to take care of it's just like brush it off the shoulder no problem like <laughs> bring it on you know fair enough 
Fair enough. What are some other things you do that aren't necessarily super like Airbnb related, but you think like unintentionally they do have an effect on your business? Like gyms, probably one. Yeah, the I really think just anything that you can do for yourself and your body to increase your capacity for workload and energy. You know, like so. For example, going to the gym. Going to the gym consistently is going to increase your energy capacity, so you can take on more every day and you have more energy throughout the day to do what you need to do. Same with eating really healthy, staying very hydrated. Like in the morning, I have. Like a morning drink that I drink with a teaspoon of pink salt, uh, greens, and just a big old shaker bottle <laughs> of water, you know? And that's like gets you hydrated as hell in the morning. Did you put ready the to in? No, no, that's just with my protein shakes after workouts. Okay. <laughs> um, so someone that say they're doing like an office job or something right now that they're not absolutely loving yeah. and they want to switch over to like Airbnb and doing more so the type of work that you're doing. Um, what, what do you think a day to day for them should look like in order for them to, um, build themselves up enough so they can leave the occupation that they're not really loving? Okay. I think I actually had a conversation earlier with the guy named Connor about this and we were talking like, <laughs> literally five like five ago. minutes ago <laughs> and we were talking about how, um, we think that one of the biggest reasons people are you know, don't take that leap is because they're scared, especially scared of what other people are going to think of them. I know that's something that really held me back for a long time, uh, back when I was bodybuilding and also now like a, a really big, important way to grow your business, whatever it is, is by posting a lot on social media. It can be a really, really good tool. And the reason I was able to succeed in that is because in Airbnb is because I started posting a ton about what I was doing to build my brand. And I just had to shove that fear aside, even though I felt it, like maybe I have failed, maybe I, I have gone through hard times and there's gonna be hard times, but you can't let that fear get in your way and stop you, no matter what anyone's gonna think of you. Like I come from a small town of farmers and rednecks and it was really uncomfortable for me to start posting about the stuff that I'm doing because of judgment, but whatever. But what should like people be doing day to day? Like should, what? Day to day, okay. Get up a little bit earlier. Mornings are very important. I think getting your morning started earlier than everyone else is huge. Get that morning routine so you have that energy, like getting hydrated, doing some exercise in the morning so you have that energy and increase your capacity. And if you want to start a side hustle, just start working on that when you get home or on the weekends, right? But like more so like, like in order to build out like cold calling or like what kind of thing in order to like get the ball going in that sense. Ah, okay. Like that day to day, like in order to actually like establish the, the business. Mm -hmm. That would just, I, I think honestly, just getting educated because when a lot of people start out, it's like shiny object syndrome. You don't know, you wanna, you wanna do something different, but there's all these different options and opportunities out there. So I think finding the type of lifestyle that you truly want to live so that you're not wasting a bunch of time and energy chasing these different opportunities that don't align with what you want, right? Yeah, but like for example, like I'd assume when you first started like um, dedicating like some time every day into actually researching like um, how much you're paying for rent versus like 
using Airbnb to see how much you could mm-hmm. potentially make and then like calling landlords and like saying speaking to land finding like scripts mm-hmm. like that more so that kind of thing I I do understand what you're saying it's a little bit tough for me to speak on because I just like how did I went you get all your, in I, I I how did you get your first like couple like what were what did like you did cold calling yeah, so I did cold calling. Um, and what did like your speech kind of sound like to people that you were calling? It was very bad at the start. It was something like, Hi, I'm Evan Hushla with Simply Luxury Suites and we're looking for a lease. We're looking for a 12 month lease on your property to run it as a short term rental. Is this something you'd be interested in? <laughs> that, was the, that was the first script that I got from that first coach I learned from and it was honestly, it was very, very bad. Uh, it took 50 cold calls to get our first unit. And uh, that was tough because it's like constant, constant, constant rejection over and over again. And that's when I, I was like two years ago when I started out at the beginning and we actually lost all those properties from buildings changing the rules or the landlords selling the units. But then I adjusted it and I started just making it about a conversation rather than a pitch. Just asking, hey, what do you know about subleasing or short-term rentals so far? And then basically getting their answer and kind of having a really good hook line. It's like, okay, so with Airbnbs, you never have to deal with the tenants. You get your monthly rent every single time on time. Um, Any sort of damages are covered by a million dollars of tenant insurance and your unit's professionally cleaned and inspected every single single turnover, multiple times a month. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? So just like that last little thing sounds pretty good, doesn't it? I've never had any landlord say no to that, actually. Once I changed that, it went from 50 phone calls to get one property to making 10 phone calls and I would get three or four viewings and one at least one property. So what do you say when someone is like, yeah, like I understand where you're coming from, but I'm afraid because of um, like Airbnb and like people trashing the place. Like what are you going to do then? What would you say to like a landlord that kind of says that back to you? I would say honestly in the last 250 to 300 stays that I've had in the last couple of years, that's been a very, very rare occurrence that that's ever happened. And if it did, we were always covered by the $1 million of Airbnb property damage insurance. And there's also limited liability insurance with that too, a million dollars extra. So anytime there has been an issue, we take care of it directly and immediately at no cost. So what's the biggest comeback response when people are not as open to the idea of Airbnb being a place that you receive? Mm-hmm. So, and how do you respond to it? It always seems to come down to the security of their property and who's going to be actually staying there and whether or not they're going to be a security issues to other tenants in the property. That's often always something they're worried about. And having that guarantee of the insurance and additionally talking about your guest screening system, how amazing Airbnb's uh, ID verification system is. And additionally, you can say to the landlord, there's other softwares out there, like one is called Yogi. And you can send your guests a link if they're like questionable or let's say they don't have any reviews yet. You can send them a link and this Yogi software will actually automatically verify their ID with them using like facial recognition and it will color match the ID color and the fonts 
in the area and the province and states. Like it's amazing software. So really just talking a lot about the security systems, the ring doorbell cameras, the minute noise monitors, so that you're constantly making sure nobody's having parties. Um, just really talking about all those security devices and protocols. So when you first started like doing like the cold calls and stuff, I'm sure you probably dealt with a couple of landlords that maybe weren't the happiest when you were calling them. Um, mm-hmm. How did you like, with like, did you get discouraged when say maybe you had like, so, like an angry, just unhappy person answer the phone? Um, you know, you don't actually really find too many unhappy. If, if they are annoyed, it, it's just because they feel like you're wasting your, their time because they don't want to do Airbnb. But it's like, hey, it's just a phone call. You're never going to meet that person. I mean, it can be really challenging getting no after no, but every no you get, you're closer to a yes, right? (laughs) So, I mean... Like that picture that everybody knows where, like, um, there's that, like, guy mining and, like, he's um, yeah. gives up but like there's like the, all the gold right there have yeah, you seen that picture that freaking close to the gold yeah and the other guy behind him just kept going and found it yeah 100 <laughs> percent. fair enough i think yeah really just not not getting discouraged and if, if, you, if you don't people, make the calls you're not going to get a unit do you ever get people like i feel like maybe a reason someone would say no is because they don't like the fact that like you be profiting the potential that like they could be mm-hmm. making like even though they're deciding to do long-term rental they don't like the fact that like you're making like say three grand when you're only pay, like paying them, like mm-hmm. 1500 even though you're doing like all the work to run the airbnb yeah that has that yes yeah yes, that definitely has happened and you can actually switch your pitch over to being like okay well instead of me renting the property for you, why don't I just manage it for you and I can just take a small cut and you'll drastically increase the income you're making on that. Just like um, my portfolio of 12, there's only actually three that I pay rent on. The rest, I just manage for other people to either own them or rent them themselves. Can we do a little like role play with um, (laughs) like pretending I'm like a landlord and like you're calling me to propose the idea of Airbnb. Let's do it. I haven't had many calls in a long time, but <laughs> let's go. Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> hello, this is Abby speaking. Shouldn't I be calling you? Yeah, but I pretend that I just answered the phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Abby, this is Evan here. I'm looking for a rental for one year lease. Is yours still available? It is still available. Um, I've had a couple people interested in it, but no one, nothing, nothing signed yet. Okay. Well, are you familiar? Have you heard of subleasing or short-term rentals before? Um, no, not too familiar with it. Okay. So like, what have you heard so far? If you're like a little bit familiar, what do you know? Like, what's your knowledge so far? Subleasing, wouldn't that be you try and rent it out? Like, are you a property manager or, or what? Yeah, so basically we sign a one-year lease with you, we pay your monthly rent every single month, and then we have clients come and stay in the property that we find typically professionals, business professionals coming to here for work, or families as well. And we basically have the unit professionally cleaned and inspected for you between each stay. There's multiple stays a month. You get your monthly rent every single time on time. You never have to deal with the tenants or myself. And additionally, 
Oh crap! This is a little rusty here. There's there's yeah, more benefits. You're great, sweetie. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of like uh, you know security benefits. You, damn, damn, Abby, I'm a little rusty on this here. But yeah, there's so many amazing benefits to Airbnb. You're getting your rent rent every time. There's so much less wear and tear on your major appliances because guests are usually just eating out when they're there as well. And honestly, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? So say you're tenants you don't actually make enough that is equaling what you're supposed to pay me for rent mm -hmm. while I still get paid absolutely as soon as we get the property we make sure we keep a contingency or emergency fund of a couple grand in the bank account just in case there ever is an event that like COVID-19 happens like last year and it's winter time and we're having the worst Airbnb season possible we make sure we have some money in the bank however I would not be calling you right now if I wasn't confident we'd be able to make the monthly rent every month. Okay, well, I'll let you come check out the property. Amazing. <laughs> when would you like to book <laughs> Awesome. That was good. Um, have you found it like a little bit difficult? I know recently, these past couple years, the rental market has been, I mean, booming more than ever. Have you found it harder because... Um, any property that's like priced at a decent price has so much competition with like actual other tenants and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. So how do you get around that? Like, do you ever offer them a little bit more or like? You can offer them a little bit more. However, I basically switched my business model to more so management rather than rental arbitrage. So it's really, it's really about relationships then more so about calling landlords. So building amazing, like really good relationships with realtors and property managers that work with investors who want to maximize their ROI. And I can come in using short-term rentals and drastically maximize their ROI compared to a long-term rental, right? So in the end, I can help the investor buy the best possible property, which helps the investor and helps the realtor and helps me. So everybody wins. So is there any other type of investment that you're interested in getting into? Honestly, yeah. Like, once I, once this is very, very streamlined and it's just going and running and making me a bunch of extra money that I can invest into anything else I want, it's going to be like the cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Fair enough. Why do you want, why do you want to invest in it? Crypto and Bitcoin. I mean, I know a lot of people in crypto and Bitcoin right now, they're not too happy <laughs> with their numbers. Yeah, I mean, I just think that it's, uh, I really think that it's the future. I've seen, I know personally a few different people too that are basically semi-retired from trading Bitcoin. And so I have them that can help me with advice and I don't have to... It's not like I have to dive so deep like I did with Airbnb and make it my entire life to invest into it. I have yeah. close friends that can help me out with that. And I think that with the way that the future is going and technology is going, like hell, even soon you'll be able to rent Airbnbs with Bitcoin. Yeah. So. Well, there's been a couple houses in Calgary that you've been able to buy with um, Bitcoin exactly. and like decent properties right. too, 1.2 mil. And I just, another reason I love it too is because it's, so passive like you have a little bit more risk because your capital's in there but at the same time i don't have to i don't have to talk to anybody i don't have, i just like yeah. <laughs> you don't have to do anything like it's really it. easy it's way more easier than a business but it is more risky yeah it is more risky i have a client right now that like invested um quite a bit of money in uh, air canada 
He's down a million dollars right now. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> That's so unfortunate. I, yeah, yeah. Exactly, right? So it can be very risky, but at the same time, if he doesn't pull out in a year, he could be up a million. Yeah, well, yeah, he's not going to pull out. I don't think he'd take the L. But if he's got that much, I'm sure um, he's a smart enough guy to not do that. Yeah, he's a very smart guy. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you, though. I like, yeah, stocks and like crypto and Bitcoin and index funds and all of that. They're mm-hmm. good because you don't have to put too, too much. Like, it's just a little bit of research search that you do prior mm-hmm. opposed to real estate. I think real estate, well, I know real estate 100% is the least risky because if, as long as you hold it for long enough, um, it will appreciate in value. Yeah. With that being said, there's usually a lot of work that needs to go into like actual mm-hmm. labor work with like renovations and like um the personal side of it like talking to people so it's a lot more work but it is less risky and it it costs you you can't just put like you know i guess if you find like great partners can't just put like little bits of money usually in order to like invest in real estate you're talking like minimum thousands you know so exactly that that's very true like with, with real estate there's two you either have the money or you have to do the work. Yeah. Right? So it's like, if you have the money, you don't have to do any work. You can <laughs> delegate it to people like you and me who do all the work for them, right? Yeah. But uh, if you're an investor, uh, I think that that's uh, the best way to go is investing into real estate and, and cryptocurrency and stocks. But, you know, if you're just starting out, I, I truly think just going all in and starting a business for yourself that you can serve other people like those investors is the best path to go. If you want to, you know, live a lifestyle where you can do what you want when you want. Yeah. So we're at about like 45 minutes right now, which I think is pretty decent. Um, is there anything else you want to like talk about? Is there any advice you have for people that want to make the transition or like mm-hmm. plug your socials, do all that stuff? <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, my main thing, um, I think just don't give up, you know, never, never quit. Uh, it's always going to be hard. There's always going to be hard times. There's always going to be up and downs. Like success is not linear. Um, but if you don't quit when times get hard, you're going to make it there. You're going to make it to that end goal. It might take longer than you expected to, but you'll get there. Or you'll die first. <laughs> but at least you'll die working towards what you want to love to do, right? Uh, and my socials, uh, Evan Hushlov, uh that's really all I use. The last name is spelled H-U-S-L-A-G-E. Uh, Instagram is the main thing. If you want to reach out to me on there, ask any questions about Airbnb, I'm happy to help. But yeah, otherwise, thanks so much, Abby. Thank you for having for me sure. on here today. Okay, guys, so that concludes our conversation with Evan. He was an amazing guest to have on the podcast. Make sure you go follow him on all of his social medias. Um, and my Instagram will be linked below as per usual. If you are looking to buy a house in Calgary, an investment property, I will send you multiple different options, whether that be Airbnb, rental, flip, um, infill. I'm your gal. Okay, have a good one, guys. Cool. Awesome. Easy. Yeah.